I think the trend is to more undervalue what you do than overprice yourself. Oh, for sure. With knowledge workers. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Yeah. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau, the podcast for corporate refugees who want to do more of what they love and get paid what they're worth. I'm David Schreiner-Khan, your guide and community builder. Smashing the Plateau is more than just a podcast. We're a community of like-minded consultants who are committed to supporting one another on our business journey. Before we start, I'd like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. Struggling with achieving your business goals and navigating through challenges can be overwhelming, but here's a solution. Visit smashingtheplateau.com goals to book your free 30-minute goal coaching session with me. This one-on-one session offers a unique opportunity for you to gain clarity on your business aspirations, identify roadblocks hindering your progress, and outline practical steps toward achieving your goals. It's personalized, focused, and designed to equip you with the insights to drive your business forward. It's a limited-time offer, so seize the moment. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash goals. Today, we're thrilled to introduce you to Marcy Rader, a health and productivity expert dedicated to sharing innovative perspectives on leading a balanced and efficient life. In this episode, Marcy uncovers the secrets of finding the right coach and mastermind group, the value of surrounding oneself with a nurturing community, and the vital role of positive mindset in our entrepreneurial journey. She also dives into the delicate balancing act of pricing your services to illustrate the value you offer without underestimating your worth. It's an episode you won't want to miss, so let's dive in. Now let's welcome Marcy Rader. Marcy is the productivity speaker, trainer, coach, and author at Rader Co. Marcy believes health powers productivity. As the founder of Rader Co., she helps corporate refugees banish burnout through practical tools and sustainable habits. Marcy is a multi-certified health and productivity expert, a digital wellness practitioner, three-time author, has spoken on five continents, and is part of the 1% of speakers worldwide with the Distinguished Certified Speaking Professional designation. Off-camera, Marcy is married to Kevin, a professional drummer and drum teacher. You can find her in Raleigh, North Carolina, doing walking meetings, drinking iced coffee, or relaxing in her sauna. Marcy, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here to talk with other people that were just like me. Yeah. And thanks for taking some time out from relaxing in your sauna to join us. (laughs) So, Marcy, what caused you to become a corporate refugee? What caused me to become a corporate corporate refugee was incredible overload and overwhelm from work. I left corporate 10 years ago and I had climbed the ladder as high as I wanted to go. And had been traveling about 48 weeks a year for almost a decade. And during that time, throughout all my 30s, basically. And during that time, I also competed in athletics. I was track lead. I was a marathoner, then an endurance mountain biker. And I was living the very high achiever, perfectionist lifestyle. And so I blame this partly on myself, but I was absolutely, you know, workaholic. And when I left my job, 
I was replaced within four months with four different people and, uh, or four people took on all the responsibilities that I was doing. And it made me realize that, you know, as long as I had kept doing that and working all of those hours, they didn't need to hire anyone else. And so, you know, it made me kind of look at myself and what I also contributed to that situation. I also left with health conditions that weren't and aren't reversible. And so, you know, it's when I talk to other people that are in situations like that I was in, it makes me, you know, want to know like what their someday is, because I was always saying someday when I get a promotion, I'll slow down someday when I, you know, get this salary requirement then I will hire somebody to help me. Someday when this happens, and then I will focus on my husband. There was always a someday. And I'm always curious when I talk to somebody that is, you know, hating their job or completely overwhelmed, what is their someday? What, what is going to be the line in the sand where they realize that how they feel physically, you know, mentally, emotionally is going to be prioritized? It's a great question. What is your someday? And speaking of line in the sand, so what was the line in, line in the sand for you that you crossed and didn't go back to a job? Yeah, I had a trip that was three weeks and I was on the West Coast and my company wouldn't fly me back during that three weeks to see my husband. So I flew him out there. I saw him. I can't remember exactly how long it was. It was really like two days and that was it in a three week period. And I saw him coming down like he was I was at the airport inside waiting for him. I saw him coming towards me and this look on his face of just such relief and happiness to see me instead of making me so happy. I felt so incredibly sad. And in that next day, we were walking on the beach, uh, Coronado Beach in California, in San Diego. And I said, this was February. And I said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to quit my job by the end of the year. And I'm going to start my own business because we can't keep doing this. And so seeing his face was a line in the sand, but also my physical health was starting to deteriorate so much. And I ended up not getting a, a correct diagnosis until right after I started my business, which was terrible timing when you lose your insurance and you get diagnosed with autoimmune disease, but it was, it was his face. And I still, it's like tattooed on my brain, even, you know, 10 years later. Yeah. And why start a business as your next step? Why not just look for a lower pressure job? Well, I had actually two years prior to that had taken a massive step back as far as title and role. I had left my company, went like three levels down that's how desperate I was and became a, I worked in clinical research and um, monitored for a year. And then I went back to my other company, the company I was previously at, because they had promised me some things that actually didn't end up happening, but I just was done with the industry. I didn't feel like jumping from one frying pan to the next. And I knew that within that industry, that is what just happens a lot. And it was, it was quite a risk because as you said in the bio, my husband is a professional drummer and drum teacher. And, you know, he, his income is supplemental and I made very, you know, I made very good money. I was making six figures 
And, you know, it's, I don't really know. I, I almost feel like I was, I was too naive to know how hard it was. And that was part of the thing that helped me was that I didn't know how hard it was to start a business. Yeah. What kind of business did you start? I went right into what I'm doing now, which was, well, actually, I mean, it's changed a little bit, but because I traveled so much at the time, I focused specifically on business travelers for the first year. And it was business travel productivity. And I started coaching, coaching clients who were travelers. I started, you know, I created a signature presentation around business travel and went, you know, all into that. And it was basically things that I was helping people with on the side or for fun, which was, you know, managing their time, managing their health, you know, how to eat healthy on the road, you know, how to work with all their task lists, how to also have this life at home when you're on the road. So it was very specific about travelers. And then after about a year or two, you know, companies would say, we don't travel, but we have all these problems with our email. We have all these problems with our tasks and meetings. And we want you to help us with, you know, with that too. And also I realized that coaching business travelers was really hard because they're never in the same place and they, they don't have control over their schedule because they're, you know, the planes are delayed and things like that. And so really I, it morphed into just coaching, you know, all types of companies and all types of people with, you know, different backgrounds. And we really don't focus on business travel at all anymore. So it's since COVID, I have been asked to do only one business travel talk even. Well, it's a good thing that your business pivoted pre-COVID. Oh, yes. And it was, <laughs> it was quite a few years before COVID. But the thing that actually blew up my business was during COVID right in the beginning, because one topic, I've worked remotely since 2003, and I managed remotely from 15 years, I've been managing people remotely. And, all, you know, I had a team that was all over the world. And so to me, working remotely was just what I did. You know, I've been doing it since 2003. So we already had this program that we'd been doing for, you know, six years before COVID. And so people, I mean, it was like people were coming out of the woodwork. They're like, I don't know where we heard about you, but they said we had to, you know, call you. Can you train our teams tomorrow to work remotely? So it actually ended up being a real booster for our business. Yeah. So you, you have one of those businesses that ended up exploding when COVID hit. Oh, I had more work than I could handle for sure. And business was good before COVID, but once COVID hit, I mean, yes, it's, it really blew up and has stayed there. Yeah. So you said it's now 10 years that you've been in your own business? Yes. 10 years, July 16th. Wow. Congratulations for making it and beating the odds big time. Yes. Not, well, I feel like beating the odds, you know, the 10 years was very impactful to me. And, you know, I had several people ask me, like, what was your secret? You know, what, you know, because I feel really secure and happy in my business right now. And I think that part of it was being naive and not knowing that I wasn't supposed to hit certain milestones at certain times. Like I was a hotel spokesperson my second and third year in business. I was the national spokesperson for Extended State America. And I didn't know that that's not common. You know, I was just like, well, sure, I can, I can do that. I can be that. So that was one thing. But the second thing that I think helped me reach that milestone was that from the beginning, 
I've had a business coach of some type always. I have always been in a mastermind or some kind of group coaching experience. I have always had a support team or a or a coach at all times in the 10 years. How did you know that that would be helpful? You know, that's a that's a great question because when I worked in corporate, I didn't even really know coaches existed. And I didn't like, what is a business coach? I didn't understand that. We were never offered coaching. We weren't offered professional development. I remember asking to be part of the Association for Training and Development. And I was a manager of training and development and I wasn't allowed to be. Like they didn't want to even pay for me to be in that. And so when I quit my job, I had signed up for this certification program to become a you know, professional organizer because I thought maybe that would be a route at one point. And there was, they talked about coaching. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. And because I thought like, you know, I'm going to coach people, I should, you know, sign up with this person. And then that just led to, aha, this is what coaching is. This is what can help me. And starting a business by yourself is very lonely, very lonely. At least it was for me. It is for most people. Yes. And my husband got very sick of me talking about my business real quick. And that's also common. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and, and he, at one point, he actually said to me, you have become so boring. And that was such a gut punch to hear that I had become so boring. But I, I really was consumed by making money because I needed to. I was the primary earner in our family. And I realized too that a coach could also be that avenue for me to almost like a therapist to, you know, have those types of conversations. And then the group that, you know, the group coaching or the masterminds that I was in or have been in, they also, as you said, you know, many people are lonely or, you know, their spouses don't want to hear about it, you know, all day long that, you know, we were able to really lean on each other. And I think it's also one of those things that I kind of fell into. But when somebody tells me that they're thinking about starting a business, the first thing I say is find a coach, get a coach. Because, you know, even though I started out with one, for the most part, you know, looking back, I didn't always choose the right type of coach at the right time or the right kind of mastermind at the right time. And that I think just comes with learning or, you know, talking to other people that have tried different programs. Yeah. So what advice can you offer others that are going through the transition from corporate to entrepreneurship about how to find the right coach, how to find the right mastermind, how to find the right community? Mm -hmm. I absolutely think referrals are good more than just testimonials. I know that when I'm in a coaching or when somebody's thinking about hiring me or hiring us, I, you know, I encourage them, like, please call, you know, call one of these three people to make sure that we're the right fit. So having some kind of referral from someone you know, like, and trust is one thing. Also, I think it's important. It's not necessarily important to, for them to be in your same industry or field, because sometimes, you know, I was in a Vistage peer advisory group for a few years and, you know, I thought, what's this guy that, you know, runs an auto um, dealership, you know, what's he going to know about my business? But he would ask questions that 
I would have never thought to like, you know, like he's seeing it from something totally different. So I was like, I can't discount, you know, these types of, of comments, but at the same time, I'm in a speaker mastermind and it's really great to have people that get what I'm doing and can give feedback because they know the industry. So I think that, you know, it, depending on where you are in your business, you know, looking at, do I need, do I need people that, you know, in my industry, do I need people outside my industry to give me a different type of feedback? Also knowing, you know, what it is that you need and being very specific. I have hired marketing coaches. I have hired branding specialists. I just hired a CFO and a bookkeeper. You know, like it's, it can be very specific. At one point I had a, someone that's really just worked on mindset because I really needed that because um, I had a very, very corporate mindset. So I think also knowing what it is that you need at the time. Mm. What is a corporate mindset? Well, this is what it was for me because I didn't do any selling before that, like, you know, like trying to sell programs, packages, offers, whatever. I was very skittish about it and wasn't, I didn't promote myself at all. And also, I guess it, the, the word corporate mindset isn't, isn't a good way to explain it. It was more just, I was kind of stuck in that I'm an employee and not thinking about how to promote myself as a business. But I also feel like I had such a money mindset problem and that money mindset problem came from, I grew up in rural Indiana, very blue collar family. And it was hard for me to put a price and a value on what it was I was delivering because it's not like a red sweater, you know, where you can go in and you can see like different types of red sweaters and you can feel it, you can try it on, you can tell if it's good quality, you can see if it's worn. You know, when you're delivering something like how to get people their mornings back or how to decrease their email overload or manage their task list or whatever that is, it's hard to quantify that like you would a product. So it was really hard for me to, to think of what I was doing as value because it was in my head. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, how do you put mm -hmm. a value on it? Well, I use, I use sweet spot pricing now, and um, I always offer three options. That's one thing I do, but the value, you know, it's still hard. It's still hard to, because what's valuable to one person when it comes to their time or their attention or their energy is maybe not as important to another person. But I work with, I have had a, I had a finance coach, a pricing coach that I hired three times uh, as I, as my business grew and my packages changed. And then this year I made the leap to hire a fractional CFO and I go over these things with her, our speaking packages, training, consulting, coaching, and all of those things. That is one member of your team that I highly recommend if you are selling service, if you're selling services, that is hard to compare. You know, if you have a pest control service, then you can look and see what other people are charging and, you know, what they're delivering. And it's, you know, it's a little bit easier. Whereas if you are coaching or training or speaking, sometimes that's hard to compare. And having somebody else talk it through with you 
to show you the value is, well, invaluable, no, no pun intended, because I feel like it's hard for you to see yourself because it comes easy to you. You know, like what you have in your head, your experience, your knowledge, that comes easy to you now. So it's hard for you to put the price on it that somebody else may have. You know, I know what it feels like to have a manageable inbox. But when I talk to my CFO, she's like, oh my gosh, no, it's worth so much more than that. You know, and so, you know, having somebody else walk through that with you, I think is really important. I think the trend is to more undervalue what you do than overprice yourself. Oh, for sure. With knowledge workers. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Yeah. Most people undervalue what it is they sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the questions I ask is how much pushback do you get about your price? And when you do get pushback, who is it from? Yeah. And the answer is most of the time, not all that much pushback. And when they do get pushback, when we start to dig a little deeper, it's generally not from somebody who's an ideal client. Exactly. And I think that too, that is when you get to that point where you're only getting ideal clients reaching out to you or where you can say no, because in the beginning, sometimes if you are, you know, really starting out, sometimes you, you know, financially may may need to take somebody that's not completely ideal. It doesn't make your business as fun for sure. And knowing what your ideal client is, who they are, and that they respect and value you changes how you feel about your business. And I think that we, I think that you and I talked about this the first time we spoke, but if somebody immediately calculates in their head, what my rate is per session and like for the package, and they say that's X amount of dollars per session, I know they are not my client. Because they're they're just seeing me as like just you know a commodity. They're seeing me different. Yes, a commodity. Yeah, and not not what I am giving them to them as value. Yeah, Marcy, what's your experience been in community environments in a leadership role? Can you explain what you mean by leadership role? Yeah, so you you talked a little bit about what it's been like to be in a mastermind as a mm-hmm. participant, to be in some kind of peer coaching. Mm-hmm programs as a participant, I'm wondering what your experience has been in leadership roles in those kinds of environments versus being a participant. Oh, yes. I appreciate being in leadership roles because I can choose who is in that group and thinking about the personalities. But because that I feel is, you know, the personality makeup of any kind of peer advisory group or mastermind is what is going to contribute to the success of that group for sure. So that's one thing. The second thing is with, you know, being in any kind of leadership role in a mastermind or peer advisory group, in some ways it feels selfish isn't the right word. Self-indulgent maybe. I'm getting so much from them as the group that whoever your leader is, you know, whether you're leading or, or not, you also can see it as I'm getting something from this group. Like you're there to serve the group, but you're also getting so much from it as well. For and sure. Whether it's just energy, you know, it might, yes, of course, ideas and things like that. But the energy that you get from the group is also business building for you. 
and in personal growth building for you as well. But if you are someone who, you know, it drains you as the leader or there's somebody that you're dreading or that feels toxic to the direction that the group is going, you know, not sitting on that or thinking that, you know, like necessarily things are going to change or whatever, you know, if it's draining you, then you need to look long and hard about how that makeup needs to change. Well said. Because if it's draining you, it's probably draining other people in that group. For sure. Marcy, we've covered a lot. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed or access any of the resources that you have, where would be the best place for them to go? HelloRaderCo.com. H-E-L-L-O-R-A-D-E-R-C-O.com. Sounds great. Well, Marcy, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau and share a little bit about your experiences and your insights. My guest today has been health and productivity expert, Marcy Rader. Thank you, Marcy, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Remember, being an entrepreneur doesn't mean going it alone. Our community is here to support you, inspire you, and walk with you on your journey. Don't forget to visit smashingtheplateau.com slash goals and book your free 30-minute goal coaching session with me, David Schreiner-Khan. It's an opportunity to gain clarity, identify obstacles, and create a solid action plan toward achieving your business aspirations. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash goals. Join us next time for more wisdom from industry leaders. Until then, keep striving, keep believing, and keep smashing.